If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Well, hello there, my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 192 of the Yapping Yankees podcast from across the pond, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but those Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here with you on the 13th day of August in the year 2023, again from Italy, like I promised. I'm a man of my word. Yes, that is right, folks. Who else does this for you? Tell me. Who else goes overseas, is on vacation in Italy for the first time in a couple of years? It's only my second vacation in the last five years. Who does this? Who goes to Italy and gives you a podcast episode? Probably sounds like an echo chamber in here, but I did give fair warning about that last week in all fairness. (laughs) It's a very funny setup I have here. I'm in the upstairs part of the apartment we stay in, which was my grandfather's portion of the house of my great-grandfather's house, because this is the town where we stay right here. This is where my grandfather was born and raised. So, we're in the apartment that, the section of the house, my great-grandfather divided the house up into three parts, basically, and my grandfather was one of three, and he got a portion of the house, and we stay in his portion. That's how it works. And I'm in the upstairs portion of it, and like I told you, there's really not a lot of furniture There is furniture, obviously, but not too much of it, and that makes the bigger room a bit more echoey, and plus, I'm not so sure about the sound quality, I'm not not so sure it's going to be as good as the sound quality that I use on my home computer, because right now, I basically have my handheld microphone with my laptop. (laughs) That's that's what you got to do when you do a remote podcast. That's what you got to do, it's awesome, but it's so cool to talk to you yet again from Italy, guys. If you remember... If you've been following for a couple of years, you would know that I did this for the first time back in 2021 when I was here. I did one Italy episode two years ago, and now that I'm here again, I wanted to do another. And here we are. Thank you. Thank you very much for the applause. Yes, we did bring the sound effects. Those are mobile as well. (laughs) Oh, gosh. All right, so I guess to start, guys, other than saying how awesome the vacation has been, it's a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun seeing my friends and family again. Awesome to see everybody, as always. As you could probably imagine, I've been keeping you guys posted on my day-to-day as much as possible on social media. You've probably seen, if you follow me, you've seen all the food, you've seen all the scenery. I'm still tired from a couple of nights ago when me, my girlfriend Victoria, and one of my friends, my dearest friend here in Italy, we stayed up the entire night to watch the sunrise over the mountains. Probably the most beautiful thing you'll ever see. I did post it on social media all over the place. So if you don't follow me on my socials, you're missing some beautiful things from my Italy trip. You might want to go do that. I'll give you a quick social media plug right now while I'm at it. Facebook, Mike Scudero NY. Twitter, at Mike Scudero. And Instagram is Mike Scuds 97 Go follow me on all those guys, especially if you want to see me catalog the rest of the trip. And see what I've already posted about as far as my trip so far. But I'm, I'm still tired from when we were doing that. And it's been a great trip so far. We've had a lot of fun. 
And I never want to leave. <laughs> Every time I come here, I'm like, do we really have to leave? But I'm just trying to take it moment by moment. That's what you have to do, especially when you've been on as few amount of vacations as I've been for as long as I have because of how hard I've had to work. And, you know, every young person should have to work hard. I'm not complaining over here. But when you've been on vacation as little as I have for years on end now, you come to appreciate these things even more than you already did. So that's basically where I'm at right now. But you got to see my setup. You'd be laughing your ass off if you guys saw me right now. (laughs) I literally have my laptop on a bed, the microphone on a bed, and I'm sitting on a chair hunched over into the microphone so that I can sound as good as possible. (laughs) Oh my goodness, but it's so great to be here. It really is. Oh my gosh. So I guess I should start off the show when it comes to the Yankees. I guess I should start off by saying, you know, I don't like to BS any of you. Keep it 100 here on Yappin' Yankees and and everywhere else to involve me. I don't like to lie to my audience. It's something that no content creator slash producer should ever do, but I want to be upfront and as honest as possible When I say this, I have not watched or kept track of a lick of Yankees baseball in real time in my time in Italy so far. (laughs) I have been enjoying my trip to the fullest. I really mean it when I say that. And to be honest, it's not really like the Yankees gameplay is inspiring me to really give a single crap while I'm abroad. To be honest, (laughs) I'm just being really upfront with you. So I have not kept track in live time. Of course, I'll look back afterwards. I've watched highlights. I loosely keep track of the score most of the sometimes, I guess. But I have not watched or kept track of in real time of almost anything involving the New York Yankees. And their gameplay doesn't inspire me at all because... I'm going to come on record right now and unfortunately say that, especially in light of some of the the additional news that we've gotten this past week, it's hard for me to say this, especially just in mid-August. There is quite a bit to play, but guys, I am on August 13th, and this can come back to bite me if anybody wants to call back on this clip. If you want to clip it on social media or if you want to subtweet me on social media about it on Twitter or something like that. If you want to subtweet me on there or sub post about me, I guess you could say on Instagram or Facebook, then fine, go for it. I'd be glad to be wrong about this. But on August 13th, here in the afternoon, it's 5.15 p.m. here in Italy, which means at the time I'm taping, it's currently 11.15 Eastern Standard Time because Italy is six hours ahead of the East Coast of the United States. I am as of 5.15 p.m. Italy time, 11.15 Eastern Standard Time, 11.15 a.m., Italy six hours ahead, declaring the Yankees' season to be over. Now, I hope that this works as some sort of twisted reverse jinx more than anybody. Believe me, I don't want to be right about this. But from what I've seen loosely This past week, in my time since I've arrived in Italy, I hate what I see, quite frankly. The offense is still an utter disgrace, as it has been for most of the year. Additional injuries have taken place, bafflingly so, especially in one particular case, which we'll get to momentarily. And I just don't really see any sort of inspiration out of this team. I don't see any heart. I don't see any fight. These are rants that I've gone on for weeks now, and it's only the same even as I'm in another country across the Atlantic Ocean. It doesn't make a difference. It's absolutely insane to me 
that this team could look as lifeless as possible as much as they do most days that they play. But then bafflingly so, you'll see like a day or two here and there, maybe a day or two in the week, where they just bust out for like, I don't know, like seven to nine runs or something like that, and then they go back to being utter crap the very next day. It just makes absolutely no sense. And even having Aaron Judge back, I guess I was wrong about this too, because I did say the team would be different with him coming back. I, I guess they're just that dead. I don't know. But... Even with him being back, they can't find any sort of consistency where they could get anything going. They're still in last place by a game behind the fourth place Red Sox. Now they just keep on flip-flopping in the wild card standings and in last place in the AL East. And they're still not really that close to a third wild card. Four games back, I believe, coming into today. It's there's no there's no reason to be confident. If you want to be optimistic and confident, I'm not gonna crap on you. As a matter of fact, I'll give you all the credit in the world (laughs) on the contrary, but I just, even in years past, guys, in like 2013 and 14 and 16, other years since 2009 in which they didn't make the playoffs, you felt more inspired by those teams then than you do now with this team. This team, with all the money they have invested in it and all of the veterans that should be doing their jobs, and all of the players they have on the team you expect to come through, but they don't. All the injuries and and all the crap on this team that should be a World Series contender, a championship caliber, as the Yankees love to say, and they're not. But then you look at a lot of other rosters who were significantly and factually worse in those other years they didn't make the playoffs. They managed to have more heart and more inspiration and more fight in them, more spirit than this team ever could. It's, it's really never felt more hopeless than it does now. It's really crazy to say that. Only three games over 500 right now coming into what will be an afternoon game because, again, it hasn't started in New York yet. It would start because it's really it's baffling with Italy time sometimes if you don't keep track properly. But today's game, yeah, it's at 7.40 p.m. here, so that would make it a 140 game back home, and it's only 1120 back home right now. So, I don't know, guys. It's just really, it's not inspiring whatsoever. It's really crazy to say it, but you really did feel more hope on those teams that didn't even make the playoffs. It's utter insanity. But even with Judge coming back, as I was starting to say before, the offense has not found any sort of consistency. Judge himself has managed to stay afloat. He's done a nice job, hit a couple of home runs, hit another freaking nuke the other night. I think it was Friday, the first game in Miami. So he's, he's hanging in there. He's doing his thing. You know, Judge is Judge. He's going to do what he does even on one functioning, fully functioning foot. So I, that's, that's how it goes. But the rest of the team... You know, Rizzo's still gone. rest of the lineup not doing their thing. We go up and down the lineup as we've done for weeks on end and just analyze people. Jake Bowers, I mean, he's still a home run threat. But if he's not hitting home runs, he's usually not doing too much at the plate. He'll, hit, he'll give you some doubles. Judge is maintaining. Glaber, Glaber's been, I've given him credit for a long time now, for months. Especially when the Yankees were in their absolute worst of time periods without even Judge. He has been the pillar of consistency in this lineup, which has made it really difficult to talk about any potential trades with him and makes it really tough to agree with people wanting to get rid of him. Now, they do have a point when they say that there's really no better time because he's driving his value back up. You're not wrong about that. 
But it still makes it tough when you imagine, like, what would this lineup do without even Glaber? They'd be even worse, if that's even humanly possible, because he has been a pillar of consistency. And he still managed to do that. He's batting over 270, OPS nearing 800, still having himself a good year, most power than any second baseman in the American League. He has his faults, of course. In-game slips with the focus and mentality, obviously. We know this about Glaber. It's very irritating to watch, but he makes up for it in other areas a lot of the time. A lot of people say, well, the once great Yankees now accepting someone like Glaber. Well, that's what it's come to. (laughs) Unfortunately, that's what it's come to. And it's not like he's been bad anyway. Not nearly as bad as the vast majority of the rest of the lineup. And by the way, in case you guys hear any noise in the background, just a really quick interjection. If you guys hear any voice in the background, like any banging or anything or anything happening that sounds like it would be happening outside, I do have a window open right now, so there might be some outside noise. I figured I might as well bring some authentic audio of Italy into the podcast if there is any from outside. So there's that, and then I also have the air conditioner running. So you'll probably hear a little bit of both. Anyway, continuing about the lineup, you got Stanton up next. And Stanton was hot for a while, obviously. He's hit a lot of home runs of late. He continues to close in on 400 home runs. So he's getting there with that. He's only four away. But other than that, guys, the strikeouts are still there. And a lot of the at-bats are just really uninspiring. And even as someone who loves Stanton as much as I do, I have defended him to the ends of the earth for years now. To a lot of people in the Yankee community who have been hard on him for years. But it's even hard on me to defend him a lot of times. I know what he does in the playoffs, and I know what he's done a lot during the season, when he's not hurt, that is. And in times of heavy difficulty for him, it's... It's tough because when he's hot, we all know what he's capable of. He can carry just about any team on his own. But when he's cold, there are really few who are more ice cold than he is. And another one that I used to draw comparisons to when it came to that, someone I used to say that about all the time was Gary Sanchez. Granted, when Gary was here, he especially after 2018-ish, he had much less hot streaks in him at all. (laughs) That's who I used to say that about a lot. I used to say very similar things about Gary, saying that when he's hot, there's almost no one like him, but when he's cold, there's also almost no one like him in a bad way. And that's a lot of what Stanton does. And it's tough to watch sometimes, especially considering that we all know what he's capable of and what he should be doing, especially given the money that he makes. And it's, it's difficult. Billy McKinney, well, <laughs> what can you say? One of many players who's played left field this year, just rotating out of the position because the Yankees do not have a left fielder. They have not for some time now. And he just does what he can. <laughs> what are you going to do? IKF, still doing what he can with the utility role primarily. I, I especially love when he plays third base. Made a very nice play the other night I saw in the highlights. But it, it was called safe at first, but it was overturned to be out. But he's still doing what he can. He's not meant to be an everyday player. But let me tell you something. If he is, he ought to be at third base because I've been saying forever, the Yankees, if they're forced to play him every day, it should be at third base considering that's where he won his gold glove and it's clearly his best position. And he continues to show that most of the time when he plays there. But He's just doing what he can. You know, he's not meant to be an everyday player on this roster. But unfortunately, also circumstances on this team deem it necessary sometimes. Harrison Bader, 
I mean, I love the guy to death. We all know this, but even I've had a tough time defending him lately. He's been objectively bad at the plate. Can't remember the last time he had a home run. I think it was that big three-run shot weeks ago. Can't even remember the opponent because my mind is just in vacation mode right now. You'll have to excuse me. But, I mean, he does, he does what he can in center field. Obviously still good defensively at the very least. But with the bat, he just doesn't do much at all anymore these days. Which I guess you can consider that a regression to the mean when it comes to how he was with the Cardinals. But either way, he doesn't do much anymore with that. Volpe, he had a big home run the other night, a big three-run shot in Miami when the Yankees blew up for, what was it, nine runs on Friday? Yeah, nine runs. And other than that, he's just, you know, doing the same that he's been doing most of the year. Still batting 210, OPS at 669. But he's also got 15 home runs now, which is pretty impressive for Yankee shortstops of late for the last bunch of years, nearing 50 RBIs, got his 20 stolen bases, which I thought would be a bunch more by now at this point of the season, given the pace that he was on to start the year. But, you know, at that point, at one point in the mid-ish part of the season, of course, he just was forgetting how to even get on base for a while. And even when he did, he wasn't running as much. So he's still only at 20 stolen bases. And then Higashioka Higashioka, you know, and Trevino's still out for the rest of the year. Nothing's different there. So uninspiring offense most of the time. And the pitching rotation, especially of late, I guess this is a good transition into Yankees news. Why don't we just go right into it? Pitching rotation is basically in complete and utter shambles, even more so than it was before. Because on Sunday, last week on the 6th, we were talking about how Rodon left the game in that third inning with left hamstring tightness. And he had gone to the media and said that it was, he made it sound like it was more precautionary than anything, that it was okay and... He hopes to be out there for the very next start. Well, it's not what happened. Because very shortly after that, they placed him on the 15-day injured list. And that was that. So, Carlos Rodon, again, after a half a dozen starts with the team, after missing the first bunch of of months with his arm problems, his elbow issues, and then the chronic back problems, comes back, pitches in a half a dozen games, the vast majority of them being terrible, maybe except for two of them. Now is back on the injured list with left hamstring tightness. So, not going to say that this is a putrid contract as of yet because there's a lot more to go of it. I'll wait a little bit while more before I cross into that territory, into that narrative. But, so far, at least for the first year, this contract is turning out to be quite a disaster with Carlos Rodon. Can't stay healthy, and then... When he was trying to find his groove in half a dozen starts, maybe except for one or two of them, he was doing a horrendous job. ERA in the low to mid sevens when all was said and done. And now he's right back on the injured list. Who the hell knows when or if he'll be back. We'll see. Just a train wreck with that so far, though. Not happy about it. Especially considering he was really the only major change or addition this past offseason. In an offseason where the Yankees could have afforded to make far more changes, particularly offensively, particularly in the outfield, particularly in left field. Not like we've been saying this for months or anything. And then after that, Johnny Brito was also optioned back down to AAA. And Jonathan Loisaga returned, as we said, last Sunday that he could possibly return the very next day. He finally did. So Jonathan Loisaga finally back as well. Nick Ramirez was called back up too. And Davey Garcia, there was news about him in the minors as well. The Yankees had designated him for assignment. Turned out to be another brilliantly handled 
with the utmost of sarcasm as humanly possible. Another brilliantly handled Yankees prospect. Ultimately, he ended up being claimed off waivers from the White Sox, so he did not go unclaimed and be sent back to AAA off the 40 men. He was claimed, and he's with the Chicago White Sox now, and we'll see what comes of his career. So whether it be another misrated prospect or another mishandled prospect, another disastrous pitching project in the minors for the New York Yankees organization, not surprising to be honest. Tragic because... We all saw what Davey Garcia could have been capable of for a chunk of the 2020 season there when he was doing a terrific job and really showed potential for a bright future at just the age of 20. I remember it like it was yesterday. But he's done, with the Yankees at least. So, with the White Sox now. And Nick Ramirez was optioned back down to AAA. Obviously, this all happened on Thursday. I should have mentioned that on Thursday. That was when Davey was claimed by the White Sox, and Nick Ramirez was optioned back down. And now this was the injury before with the pitching rotation, particularly with the starting rotation that I was saying was sudden and really made no sense whatsoever and could really spell a lot of badness for him going forward, depending on the severity of it or his recovery or progression from this going forward. But on Friday, just a couple of days ago, the Yankees placed Nestor back on the injured list with more rotator cuff issues. And Johnny Brito and Randy Vasquez had to be recalled as a result. So, in baffling fashion, Nestor Cortez has landed back on the injured list after his most recent start, after he was telling the media that he felt great, nothing felt wrong, the stuff was popping, we saw all of his pitches, the fastball, the cutter, the breaking stuff looked great, he looked pretty solid. Didn't go too deep into the game because, of course, after being out for months, he was on a pitch limit. I believe he threw 64 pitches in his first start back. And now he's back on the injured list after claiming to feel great. It just doesn't make any sense. So is this another Yankee lie that he felt great? Is this precautionary? Is it really bad? Who the hell really knows when it comes down to it, unless you're in with the Yankees? Because this organization, again, just has the tendency to constantly... And habitually just not be up front, just lie with their injuries and with the true status of the players when they do get hurt. It's just utterly bizarre what happens with this. So just like that, you have Rodon back on the injured list. You have Nestor back on the injured list. And depending on the severity of it, it could be really bad because the rotator cuff is no joke, particularly for a pitcher, of course. Rotation's looking pretty bad, man. And as this team continues to go through this, I see a lot of people saying this on social media. And I've said this in years past. I haven't said it as much this year, so I guess I'll echo it again here on this episode when it comes to 2023. But the more this happens, the more you continue to have the thought in the back of your mind creep up on you and utterly haunt you and torment you when you're trying to sleep at night if you're a diehard Yankee fan like myself and many others out there. People like Garrett Cole, people like Aaron Judge leading the way, people who are going to be looked back on as icons and legends, people who just everyone loved to see play the game of baseball and really valued on teams that could have gone somewhere but didn't. You're wasting their prime. And it really is a shame. Because you look at Garrett Cole, he's really one of the, if not the final respectable pitchers standing in this rotation. Who do you got? You got him, and then Clark Schmidt has done a nice job. 
like I've said, I've given him credit for a lot of weeks about how he's made me eat my words with what I was saying about him in the beginning of the year. Granted, it was horrendous at that point, but he really has turned it around. Other than him and maybe Clark Schmidt, who was not anticipated to be a part of this rotation for the most part before the season started at all, maybe with the exception of possibly having to be a fifth starter. Other than that, who do you got? I mean, they just called Randy Vasquez back up, and he's done a nice job in the few starts he's had, so I'll give him credit. But who else you got? Johnny Brito? Herman's gone too. I mean, it's just utter insanity. Luis Severino is the worst pitcher in baseball, in my opinion. Even the other day, I saw he came out of the bullpen, still did a horrendous job. So what are you going to do? Just going to have bullpen games? I've seen the Yankees. I've seen the Yankees start Ian Hamilton a bunch of times. And, you know, it, it's this team is in bad shape, guys. They're in very, very bad shape. I'm not exactly sure what the plan is, but because of these circumstances with the rotation now, the bullpen really being the main strength of the team at this point, the lineup being what it is, being three games over 500, constantly flip-flopping out of last place in the AL East. Granted, it's the best division in baseball. Not being able to gain ground when you really can and taking the opportunities when you can get them to gain ground on the team in front of you, or teams, I should say, in front of you in the wild card race. How are you supposed to feel confident about this team's chances to even make the playoffs at this point? And then you hear reports from the Yankees. Obviously, you don't know how true it is, especially when it comes from guys like Andy Martino or Clappish or people like that who really don't have the best of reputation or accuracy in reporting in the baseball world. You hear reports from people like this coming from the Yankees organization. This past week, it was said that Hal Steinbrenner is apparently furious with what's going on with the Yankees. It was good to at least hear that. But then you hear the rumors that well, we all expect. That firing Brian Cashman, moving on from him, or even just maybe I even heard some people suggesting to just maybe promote him to another position in the organization and just have a change within the general manager's position, but still keeping Brian Cashman at least within the organization. I mean, whatever. I guess it'd be fine as long as he's not the general manager anymore. Whatever. Depends on the position he's promoted to, obviously. But you hear that Moving him out of the GM position is not even up for discussion. It's not even on the table. That's the quote that they used. But with Aaron Boone, it seems like his fate could be up in the air. And I want to reiterate what I've said so many other times. And I tweeted this on Twitter a couple of days ago while here in Italy, and it got hundreds of likes. I think it got like 15,000 views or something like that. A lot of impressions. It got a lot of attention because it's the truth, quite frankly. I want to reiterate what I've said many times. If you fire Boone and you don't make any other changes, you are not going to see the changes that you think you're going to see in this organization. Nothing's going to change. Maybe you get a couple more wins here and there. Maybe you see the players responding to a new manager a bit better, possibly. But it's not going to make as big of a difference as you think. It's just not. Because I want to say again, what I've said, to the point where I feel like beating the crap out of myself because I'm tired of saying it. The philosophies and the issues that run deep with this Yankees organization go to the top. They go to Cashman and all the people directly around him. These are all people who have been with the organization for a very long time. Brian Cashman 
has been the general manager for give or take a quarter of a century now, which is unheard of in the sports world for the vast majority of the sports world as we know, or possibly even the entirety of the sports world. And the people around him are also there for a very long time. Changes in that realm have to happen. We've seen a number of hitting coaches. We have seen Aaron Boone here for a while. Now we saw the vast majority of Joe Girardi's tenure here. We've seen a lot. Who's the common denominator? The common denominator is Brian Cashman. Even if the reports about the trade deadline are true, about him wanting to sell some pieces off to at least address the future, because as we know, the Yankees did less than nothing at the trade deadline. They didn't address the current state of the team. They didn't address the future of the organization. They did nothing. So even if the report about him wanting to at least sell some pieces off and Hal not letting him is true, well, then, of course, Hal shares some blame with the organization's current predicament. I haven't hid my opinions on that as well. It's not 100% on Brian Cashman. It's just the vast majority on him, particularly because he has had the money at his disposal, but he has just been beyond shameful at allocating it properly. We've spoken about this for years. And many others, even before I brought it up, there have been plenty of people who've been talking about this even long before I've been, admittedly so, and a lot of people who have wanted Brian Cashman for a lot longer than I have even wanted him gone. I've wanted him gone for a couple years now. Some people have wanted him gone for nearly 10 years. And credit to those people, I guess. Regardless, a new face and a new voice is needed at that high point of stature in the organization. Changes need to be made. And until that happens... Until that discussion is on the table, you're going to see a lot of the same things. And it's really disheartening and very sad as a fan who cares about the team as much as I do and as much as I know a lot of you listening out there do. But do you really want to tell me, and I know there are a lot of people out there, and again, more power to you, God bless you. I know there are people out there who refuse to give up until they're physically and mathematically out of contention for the playoffs. But you really think that what we watch, you really think that this team is going anywhere? I don't have it in me to rant about them at all, period, let alone the fact that I'm on an international trip right now in one of my most beloved places in the entire world and just don't have it in me to yell and scream right now. But... You really think that this team is going anywhere? I remained optimistic when Judge came back. I made it very clear that I thought that with Judge coming back, that it's very possible. My headphones just fell out. (laughs) I made it very clear that when Judge returned, that I do think the Yankees could now have a fairly solid chance at making the playoffs, especially because at that point, they were only like a game or two out with the wild card a little bit closer than they are right now. Granted, it's only by a couple of games, but a little bit closer. I did say that the chances to make the playoffs are good, but even I'm questioning that now. I truly am. More so than I'm not. But even if they do make the playoffs, I mean, I know a lot of people love to say, especially the front office, more crap that they love to spew to the public. Playoffs are a crapshoot. Anything can happen. You just got to get hot at the right time. You really think that even if they do make the playoffs, this team is winning a World Series? 
I know that a lot of people out there who are saying that they truly do think it's possible. I know that they, because if you don't, then you're lying. You're utterly lying if you don't admit this. There is a part of you that at least has to admit that the chances are not good at all. Because if you aren't, you're either not watching the same team that as we are, or you're just straight up lying to yourself as a coping mechanism. Because there is no possible way that any human being with a functioning brain, fully functioning brain, can watch this team and be fully confident with no doubt in their mind whatsoever that they're going to win a World Series. How could you possibly think that? <sighs> it sucks, guys. Especially being in Italy, feeling as happy and lighthearted as I am. Just about life, being high on life while I'm here. Wanting to be positive. I, it just sucks that you have to talk this way about the team, but it's the way it is. Who does the rotation have now? Like I said, Garrett Cole having a Cy Young year. Clark Schmidt having turned around. Those two aren't enough. Rodon Nestor, injured list. Herman gone because of the alcohol abuse, and he's now in inpatient care. Severino, picture of a train wreck. It's just in shambles. And then you look at the lineup. Like I said before, they had the tendency to break out maybe once, twice a week. And then they go back to doing absolutely nothing. It's a miracle if they score even two or three runs. This is not a team that is going anywhere, people. I think it's about time we admit that to ourselves. If you want to wait until September, then fine. I'm not forcing anybody to admit anything if you don't want to. But I think it's just a matter of being honest with ourselves at this point in time. And I just cannot possibly see this team going anywhere. Not anywhere significant or worth a damn, that's for sure. I can't see it. So I am, as of this point, on August 13th. And again, just as a reminder, I'm not going to be talking to you next Sunday because that is the final full day of our trip here. And I want to spend as much time with family and friends as possible. And we're going to be getting ready to leave. So I just do not want to be doing a podcast amidst all that busyness and chaos. So... The next time I'll be talking to you, as a reminder, after today is in two weeks on the 27th, I'll be back home. But as of the 13th, not sure what it's going to be like on the 27th, but as of the 13th, I'm declaring the Yankees season to be over. And I think there's a very good chance now that even with Judge, unfortunately, it would suck that if I turned out to factually be wrong about this, because I did think that they had a good chance to make it again once he came back, but... There's only so much one guy can do. It's unfair to ask of that. But as of this point, I'd be shocked if they even make the playoffs, which if they don't, even if it is just a matter of only getting rid of Boone, which I'll go on the record again saying, I do not think that'll bring about the change that I think a lot of people believe it will. There's going to have to be change, some sort of change, even if it's not the change that I necessarily want and have said that I want many times. There's going to have to be some change made because... For this team, with the payroll and expectations that they had coming in and the opportunities that they had to improve in any which way possible, for them to not even make the playoffs and for them to have the, quite frankly, insulting trade deadline that they had, to say it's inexcusable is the kindest comment of all time. There's just simply nothing else to add other than that, honestly.
I don't really know what else to say about it. It really sucks. And I hate coming on here in Italy having to talk about the team in this way, but that's just the way it is, guys. That's the way it is. So obviously we're going to we're going to move on to weekly recap in a couple of minutes, but obviously we're not going to be able to talk about today's game because I don't I want to remind you that right now it's almost six o'clock at night here at this point now. And back home, that means it's almost noon. So obviously the game has not started, and the game will not have even started at all by the time I'm done recording this episode. So today's game will not be discussed whatsoever. It's starting at 1.40, and you guys will be getting it earlier in the day because of the time change. I'm probably going to have this upload. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to record it and probably just sit on it for a while. I'll edit it up and then do my brief edits that I take about like five minutes to make or something like that. And then I'll probably have it sit here for a bit while I go out and enjoy my time a bit more. And then upload it tonight, which will still be just this afternoon for you. So either way, you guys are getting this much earlier than you usually do. I usually release it later Sunday night. Every weekend, as many of you know that I have the tendency of doing. But because time is much later here, we're six hours ahead of the East Coast. You guys will be getting it a lot, a lot sooner than usual. You'll be getting it maybe in like the late afternoon or something. I don't know. We'll see. But also just wanted to say that unlike last week's episode, last Sunday when I was in a rush to get to the airport and get on the plane and get on this trip in the first place, I didn't have a social media segment. This week, even though I'm in Italy, I do have a social media segment for you, and it may or may not have to do with largely something that I talked about in the intro, actually, just a few minutes ago. So we will be getting to that, and we will have a social media segment after the weekly recap coming up, which I guess we should just do right now. No better time than the present, right, guys? So let us go back to when we last spoke last Sunday on the 6th and catch all the way up to now with what's happened with... uh, with Yankees baseball that we have all had so much fun watching as we have for the vast majority of this nightmare season. Yapping Yankees time machine. (laughs) Can't wait. Let's do it. All right, my friends, time to recap this past week. Now, if memory serves me right from last Sunday, and a lot has happened since last, since last Sunday, so I don't know if my memory is 100% correct, but I'm, I'm like 90% sure that when we ended last week's episode, the game against the Astros was not over yet, the final game of that four-game set last weekend. And I believe we covered up to when Wandy Peralta utterly collapsed in the sixth inning and gave up four runs after the Yankees came all the way back to tie the game at five after being down five to one. Pretty sure we covered that. What I believe we didn't get to cover was the bottom of the sixth and the bottom of the eighth when the Yankees scored two more pointless runs on an RBI double by Glaber, because again, Glaber, pillar of consistency, no surprise there. And in the bottom of the eighth, Harrison Bader doing what he has done very little of for some time now, and that's actually coming through, with an RBI single making it 9-7. And as I had said last Sunday when they fell down 9-5 that I was convinced the game was over, it in fact was. Final was 9-7 in that game, and they would end up settling for a split in that series. Monday, they'd get right back to action, but hit the road against the White Sox. And I was saying that they have got to at least win this series, and shocker, they didn't, even though the White Sox came into the series with a 46-68 and record. <laughs> Well under 500, that is right. And this is why I've said in weeks past we cannot afford to 
give any sort of prediction with this Yankee team, whether it be positive or negative, especially if it's a positive one, regardless of opponent, because they could be 40 games under 500. Yet the Yankees this year in 2023 will find every which way they can to lose the series possibly. So that's just the way it's gone. And this is one of the many reasons why people like me have begun to accept that nothing is coming of this year because the inconsistency, the fact that they constantly lose to opponents, specific players, and teams overall that they should not lose to, those are two more reasons as to why there's just really no reason to be confident in this team accomplishing anything big this year. And this is just another example of a series of why fans feel this way. Just another of many examples. And many other examples of a lot of other series they also shouldn't have lost against other bad teams, i.e. just the Rockies and the Angels not too long ago. How about the series against the Cubs? Even though the Cubs aren't awful, they're over 500. Five games to be specific coming into today, but should you have lost a series, and embarrassingly so, to them at home? Probably not. (laughs) So, just so many examples, you could just run down the list series that the Yankees should not have lost, and this is just yet another one of them against the White Sox, and it was pretty freaking embarrassing, except for Tuesday, when the Yankees yet again had their one or two days throughout the week where the offense manages to put a crooked number ups, at least somewhat crooked, I should say, and this was one of the one or two times this past week that it happened on Tuesday, but first off, Monday, the embarrassing one-run performance when Garrett Cole took the mound. And when he takes the mound, you're pretty confident. As long as the offense puts up, uh, you say, maybe like two or three runs, then Garrett could possibly get it done. He had to battle a bit more in this one. Seven innings, five hits, four runs, two walks, and three strikeouts. They made a lot more contact off him, did the White Sox. But he still managed to go seven innings. Four runs isn't a great start. It's not horrendous going seven innings. It's not horrendous. But he didn't have his best stuff. He still gave seven innings, though. And then Canely managed to pitch an inning after him. Gave up a run, but it was unearned, thanks to himself making an error. But regardless, the offense never gave them a chance to even try to win the game because the only run they did put up was on a sacrifice fly by Billy McKinney in the top of the seventh to make the score 2-1 to one at the time. They were down 2 nothing. And then right away in the bottom of the eighth was when runs began to pile on on a sacrifice fly by Andrew Benintendi and then a two-run double by Robert Jr. So there you go. And don't forget, since Garrett started that eighth inning, two of these runs were charged to him. That came home in the eighth when Canely was on the mound. So with the offense being dead, only scoring one run on a sack fly, didn't really matter what the pitching did, they would have had to pitch a shutout to have any chance at winning. That's just what most games have been this year, it seems like. So the Yankees took a 5-1 to one L on Monday. Tuesday, this was one the game that they managed to win. This was the one that Clark Schmidt started. Gave another nice performance. Five and a third, four hits, one run only, and seven strikeouts. So Clark continues to be efficient. Again, some people still complain that he doesn't give the best of length. Between five and six innings is usually a safe bet, but... It's better than giving three or four. (laughs) He did that a lot earlier on, and he continues to at least give five innings, I would say, in most of his starts and only give up a couple of runs at best. He's certainly not amongst the many problems of this rotation, that's for sure. 
I'd say he and Garrett are basically the only bright spots at this point with it having fallen apart again with Nestor going back to the injured list, Rodon going back to the injured list, being without Herman now. And, I mean, unless Randy Vasquez helps out more as he has, then it's, it's tough, this rotation. So, But either way, he had himself a very nice start. The only run the White Sox would score was in the bottom of the fourth when Robert Jr. hit a solo shot to left field his 31st of the year, but otherwise the Yankee offense, again, they only come through once or twice a week with a decent number of runs on the board, and this was one of them. IKF, top of the fourth, two-run double. Harrison Bader, RBI single, made it 3-0, and then Jake Bowers with a sack fly made it 4-0. That was on the top of the fourth. And then when they were up 4-1 after Robert Jr.'s solo shot, Higgy hit a two-run homer to make it 6-1, and then Aaron Judge with his 21st of the year made it 7-1 with a solo shot of his own to left center. Nice shot for him. And the Yankees would get the 7-1 victory. So when you think Wednesday comes around, bad White Sox team should be able to win the series, right? Eh, wrong. As per freaking usual. Especially when you see who was pitching for the Yankees, you probably thought it was going to be a loss before the game even started. Even if he wasn't the one to necessarily start the game, it doesn't matter. You knew he was going to come in at some point. Ian Hamilton started this game, only pitched an inning shutout. He was an opener, obviously, so he started it off very nicely. Only allowed one base runner on a walk, and he did strike out one. Severino comes in in the top of the second. Obviously, the Yankees have not scored yet to this point. Immediately gives up three runs in his first inning of work. So that was pretty damn quick. Gave it up on a Grandal RBI single. And a two-run shot by Oscar Colas on a meatball right down the middle. Like Severino has thrown so often since returning. So it was 3-0 before you knew it. Then in the bottom of the third, he came back out for his second and final inning of work. And gave up an RBI double to Yohan Moncada. So 4-0 in the third inning. And especially with this Yankee offense, you're already feeling down on yourself if you're a Yankee fan. Because... You know how this team goes about things, especially offensively. So Severino comes in, even out of the bullpen, for two innings and does a horrendous job yet again. So the solutions and finding out sorts of ways to get Severino some work on the mound are running out. Because if he's going to even be crap out of the bullpen, then what are you supposed to do? I mean, if this team is just planning on not making the playoffs if they don't end up making the playoffs and they're out of it at some point, then I guess throw them out there because who cares? But if you have any true playoff aspirations or any true chances to make it, you cannot have this guy pitch if he's going to even be crap out of the bullpen. I said a week or two ago that I was willing to give him a chance out of the pen because that's what he deserves. You know, he's been here for a lot of years, even if he's been hurt for the vast majority of it. But he at least deserves that, in my opinion. So... You can at least give him a shot there, but if that's not going to work out even, and you plan on actually being a legitimate team of any sort, you can't put this guy in the mound. I don't care what the situation is with the rotation. I'd rather open up with just about anybody out of the pen and have freaking Michael King start a game and pitch the bulk of the game rather than have this guy get any time. You can't do it. It's just horrendous. So again just doesn't give them any sort of chance to even have any hopes of winning. Top of the fourth, Stanton, RBI ground up, makes a 4-1. to one. 
And then right after that, Gleyber Torres makes an error at second base when Eloy Jimenez hit a ball to him and drove home Trace Thompson as a result of the error, made it 5-1 White Sox. Stanton then hit a solo shot, his 18th of the year in the top of the seventh to make it 5-2. So both runs off the bat of Giancarlo Stanton. So at that point, White Sox 5, Stanton 2. And then things just got out of hand in the bottom of the eighth when Elvis Andrews hit a three-run double to make it 8-2. And then Tim Anderson got an RBI single to make it 9-2. And that was the final score. So, in lovely fashion, the Yankees lose another series that they should not have lost and could possibly have even swept and should have swept. But instead, they come up on the losing end of things, allowing the guy who let Jose Ramirez punch him into another dimension drive home the final run of the series. Isn't that great? Just love to see it. Thursday off, thank God. And then they moved on to Miami. And this was day two of this past week where the offense decided, hey, we're going to do our jobs today. This game was opened by Ian Hamilton again. This time didn't do as great a job as the last time. But this is what the Yankees are going to have to do a vast majority of the time because their rotation is in shambles now. Just another thing to add, right? Rotation wasn't really bad at all for most of the year. wasn't horrible at least. Probably middle of the league, average maybe. The bullpen's really been the massive strength. And at times the rotation was pretty good, but uh, now it's in shambles. So you got to have Ian Hamilton and guys like him opening up a lot of games now. It's just the way it has to go. So two innings for him, allowed two runs, both of them in the bottom of the second. But fortunately, the Yankees already jumped out to an early lead at the time, shockingly. That was with the home run that I mentioned earlier by Volpe, a three-run bomb to left center field. Driving home Stanton and Bader gave the Yankees an early 3-0 lead in the top of the second. And then Jesus Sanchez hit an RBI triple off of Hamilton right away in the bottom of the second. And then Jake Berger hit an RBI double to make it 3-2. That would be the end of Ian Hamilton's day. Top of the third, this is also the home run I mentioned earlier, Aaron Judge homering to center field over 460 feet in Marlins Park, mind you, with one fully functioning foot. (laughs) The guy's amazing. What can I tell you? What can I tell you about Aaron Judge beyond what I've already said and every single other person breathing has already said? Probably nothing. But yet here we are still talking about him because he makes us because he's that good. So that made it four to two because it's a solo shot. Top of the fourth, the Yankees added on even more. RBI single by Oswaldo Cabrera and an RBI single by IKF. So IKF continued to get in the work. 6-2. And then an RBI single by Glaber Torres making it 7-2. So they were piling on. At this point now, Randy Vasquez was in the game. Gave up a run in the bottom of the fourth on an RBI double by Jake Berger. So that made it 7-3. And then in the bottom of the sixth, when he was still in the game, Josh Bell hit a solo shot. Josh Bell, of course, traded to Miami at the deadline. That was his 15th of the year. Made it 7-4 Yankees, so it was getting a little close for people's liking. But fortunately, that would be the last run that they would allow to the Marlins. And then in the top of the ninth, Kyle Higashioka, two-run single, driving home Greg Allen and Harrison Bader. Anthony Volpe got thrown out at third, but the two runs still scored. 
and that made it a 9-4 to game, and that would be the final. So Ian Hamilton having had a bit of a rough second inning, and then Randy Vasquez giving up two runs in his near four innings of work. Not horrible at all. And they managed to have a nice win to start the series in Miami. And you'd hoped yesterday they would have kept the ball rolling, but they did not, particularly because they faced Sandy Alcantara. And we all know how good he is, even though his ERA is a bit high this year, but still has great stuff. And the Yankees could make literally the worst of pitchers in the world look like Cy Young candidates. So regardless of whether or not an otherwise good pitcher is having a bit of a rough season, more so than prior seasons, if they still have good stuff, they're still going to likely mow down this lineup. It's a safe bet. And that's exactly what happened because the Yankees only scored one run, and that was all the way in the seventh inning on an IKF RBI single when they were already down 3 nothing. After early on in the game, Luis Arise hit a two-run shot in the bottom of the first, and then Joey Wendell hit an RBI single in the bottom of the fourth to give him a 3 nothing lead after all that. And having started this game was Michael King, and that's, or rather, open the game. That's what I mentioned before. I'd rather him just, even if he could pitch like three innings, I know that would leave him unavailable for a few days, probably at least a couple of days. But it'd be better than throwing Severino out there, like I was saying before. Brito was in there for the chunk of this game, having thrown five innings of one-run ball. Not too bad at all. Struck out six, only gave up three hits. But the two runs by King and the one run against Brito was enough for this dead Yankee offense to take another loss. So they come into today, and they're playing the rubber game matchup in Miami. We'll see what happens. The game has not started, of course, at the time that I'm taping. Hopefully they win the series. But if they can't win a series against the White Sox, then (laughs) why would they win against the Marlins? Common sense tells you. But like I said before, whether it be a positive or negative prediction, the 2023 baffling New York Yankees, you just, you can't tell what's going to happen. You just can't. More often than not, bad things are going to happen. But (laughs) sometimes they'll surprise you and do something that makes no sense whatsoever, even if it is positive. So we'll see what happens in today's game, and I'll briefly go over it when we talk again in two weeks on August the 27th. But all that remains for today, guys, other than that, I'm trying to keep this episode shorter than the usual one with all Yapping Yankee segments involved, because obviously I am on an international trip. (laughs) Let's do the social media segment. So this will round out the show, obviously, as it always does. It was an open-ended question for you today, and quite simply put... It was what we've been talking about for the vast majority of the show. And after I gave my opinions on it before, and given the f- state of the team right now, and, and the way they're playing, and where they're at in the standings, and how we feel about them, the impression they give when they're on the field, all these factors involved and more. Quite simply put, the question is, do you think the season is over at this point? I already gave my opinions throughout most of the show, so I don't really want to sound like a broken record too much. But I'll just briefly say again that, especially when Judge came back, I said that I believe that they have a good chance to make the playoffs. That's very doubtful at this point. But even if they do, which I'm thinking more so than the thought that they will, I'm thinking that they don't even make the playoffs at this point, given how they're playing and how things just continue to worsen with the injuries and whatnot to pile onto it, which I don't think is a valid excuse anymore after all these years of them happening and all of the other reasons other than the injuries making this team awful that we've spoken about at length. So 
I'm more inclined at this point to believe, and I hope I'm wrong, that they don't even make the playoffs. But even if they do, I definitely don't see them really going anywhere significant at all. I can't see it. If this team even made, would make it out of the first round, it'd be a miracle. That's just my honest-to-God opinion. So, And for all the reasons I've mentioned throughout this show, just countless reasons that I've been talking about are my reasons for believing this. In case you don't think that I have any evidence. You could also listen to past episodes if you want. Because I go in depth on this team better than most do. So. Alright, so let's get to some responses. See what you guys think a lot of people wrote in. So we're not nearly going to get done with. <laughs> probably not even half of them to be honest. But that happens. Fortunately for me. Not so fortunately for you. Because I can't get to all your replies as a result. But fortunately for me. Very often because of how much you guys rock. And how much you guys support the show, which I appreciate. You guys love interacting. I love interacting with you guys. Let's get to some replies. First up, we got at RMNY 1976 saying it's over. They need to shut down Judge and DJ for the year. Call some kids up and see what they have. This team just isn't good. They start three to four triple A and quadruple A players on a daily basis. Well, yeah, it's more or less what they've been forced to do for the most part at this point. And, you know, why not? Because if it's truly that way, then if they're not going to make the playoffs, then whatever, you know? Yeah, and with DJ, it's really weird because there hasn't been an official IL announcement for him yet. I don't believe he's played in days. I mean, I, I even think I saw a bunch of people tweet out, like, if you're not going to play DJ, just IL him. And I, I would tend to agree with that. I'm trying to see when the last time was that he even played. And I'm on Thursday now, or, or Friday rather, and yeah, he's not even here either. So it's been days since he has played. Now I'm checking the White Sox series because, again, this past week I didn't follow extremely closely like I usually do because I'm, I'm abroad right now. So, you know, Wednesday nothing, Tuesday nothing. Yeah, so it's basically been this whole week more or less. I can't even remember the last time he played. Yeah, not on Monday either. It's crazy. It's absolutely nuts. Trying to find when specifically was the last time that he played. Yeah, it was Sunday. So it's been a week since this guy played. So, I don't know. I, I, would, I agree with that. I would just IL him at this point, especially because I guess you could retro it to freaking Sunday now. So even if you did put him on the IL, he would only miss a couple more days, I guess couple more games so it's really weird it's really odd but yeah if they're not going to go anywhere you might as well rest you guys I'm inclined to agree with that Rebecca at peace now for life says nope I will believe in this team until the very last out of the last game it's just who I am win or lose this is my team do I think they have a great chance no but it's definitely not over they have a lot to fix in the offseason but there's still a chance well at least Rebecca you're saying that sensibly and that's why I respect this reply. Even if I don't totally agree with it, as far as there's chances to make the playoffs and or do anything significant after, I can definitely respect the acknowledgement that they definitely don't have a great chance or it's not a far-gone conclusion because how could you possibly think that and claim to have two functioning eyeballs and one functioning brain after watching this team for nearly 120 games now in 2023? It's just impossible to feel that way. So, but listen, I respect it. 
I respect it. Obviously, it's not mathematically over yet, and until it is, there is a chance. Especially because, yeah, they are only four games out. It's not completely over. But you have your feelings after you watch the behavior and the gameplay and the overall aura of the team. And you just feel a certain way, you know? I'm sure anybody who's even optimistic would understand that, or at least could, I would hope. All right, let's continue on. Next up, we've got at Cashman Sucks NYY. <laughs> I still love that handle. And they say, I think it's over just because Seattle's red hot and Yankees are inconsistent with the offense. Well, yes, yeah, Seattle, just another team in front of them. One of many in front of them. And they will not lose of late. You're right. And anytime the teams in front of them do lose, like I said before, it's another reason why it's hard to believe in them, is because of the fact that whenever teams in front of them do lose and they have a solid opportunity to gain ground, they never seem to take advantage. Ever. We spoke about that last week, I think the week prior too. It's really annoying. In front of them right now by a game is the Red Sox, and then two and a half games over them is Seattle, and then you got the three wildcard teams in Toronto, Houston, and Tampa Bay. And I don't think there's any shot of them catching the Astros or Tampa. And it's doubtful even the Blue Jays who hold the third wild card still. But even that could change quickly because Seattle's only a half a game behind them coming into today. So, <laughs> it's just crazy. Absolutely crazy. But even when they do lose, they never seem to take advantage. At Crusaders BBNY says, yes, it's over. Too many injuries, zero pitching after our ace, and no offense. Yeah. I mean, the injuries can be said to be a legitimate problem, because they are a massive problem with this team for years now, no doubt about that. Can you use it as much of an excuse to this point because of how often they've been happening for years with no solution to them? And the fact that the team is just poorly constructed to begin with as well, therefore the injuries happening making it even worse than it already was? No, you can't really use that as a primary excuse anymore as far as I'm concerned. I don't want to have anything to do with it. But they are still happening, so you do have to mention it. And especially, yes, in the rotation, little to no pitching after Cole, who is going today, so it gives you some optimism. But again, the offense does nothing. <laughs> There's nothing even, even Cole can do amidst his Cy Young season. The poor guy, my God. Him and Judge, man. And no offense <laughs> goes without saying. At Yankee Ken says, yes, it is. The Yanks can't hit, especially against right-handers. Now the pitching is severely compromised. Hard to see this team making any kind of sustained run to just squeak into a postseason spot. Yeah, they just let it get too out of hand. Always saying it's right in front of us. We control our own destiny. Blah, 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 blah. Same old stupid cliches we have been hearing for years and all season long, even when this team has been at its worst. They never seem to want to stop saying this. Even the players, we even spoke about... Last week, when Rodon said it's right in front of us, it's even trickling down to the players. It's, a, it's like a mind flare coming from the top. It's absolutely crazy. It's like a Jedi mind trick. At Sylvester001 says, Just watching it for entertainment, and I still cheer for them, but I know the season's over. Wish they would bring up the kids to watch at 2024. Yeah, I mean, I wish they would just not be terrible. <laughs> How about that for a change, huh? How about that for observation? How about they just don't suck? How about that for analysis? That's more in-depth analysis than John Smoltz saying, 
that Kyle Tucker is just a really good player on a really good team. Or saying that, oh, if nobody's heard of Kyle Tucker, then they will soon, even though he's been one of the better outfielders throughout the sport for years now. (laughs) Earth-shattering analysis, just like John Smoltz. I'd like for the Yankees to not suck. How about that? Put that in your pipe and smoke it. At Baseball, Tzar says, time to worry about the offseason. Stick a fork in it. (laughs) I I wish I could battle back much, but I I can't. I can't. At Javier one one four says, "I don't know, man. They're four games out. They can still make it if they went on a run. Today they could have made ground. Meaning yesterday, Toronto lost, Boston lost. They haven't been consistent all year. And yes, Javi, that's one of the things that I mentioned. Even when the teams in front of them do lose, they can't do anything to take advantage. That's what I mean." One of the many reasons why they're just, I just don't think they're going to make it. And maybe I'll be wrong, but these are all valid reasons to just not have much trust in this team. And that's another one. Even when the teams in front of them lose and they have every opportunity in the world to gain ground, they just don't. At C Pizza IA says, yes, they need to make up ground on a few teams and have to play better than them. And so far, they haven't. And are they really capable of playing 700 ball to pass them? Or even 600 ball? I don't see it. And nobody has. In about 200 games, they're at best a 500 team. Yeah, I did see that. That in, give or take, the last 200 or so games, that they're around or even under 500. And that's just absolutely crazy. That exposes the organization right there. You can't say it's a small sample size. You know, you're approaching about, you're getting somewhat close to about a season and a half's worth of evidence about the team overall and how they performed the last year and a half or so. It's really bad. That's really bad. The New York Yankees, in give or take 200 games at or under 500. (laughs) At Reeves Hicksman says, not giving up just yet, Mike. More power to you. More power to you. You'll never see me crap on you for saying that. Like I always say, never crap on anybody for having an opinion as long as it's not completely and utterly objectively outrageous. And as long as you're not insulting me for having mine when there's plenty of evidence, valid evidence to back mine up. That's all I care about. At John Restaino 13 says, yes, it's time to move on from the past, i.e. Cashman. Amen. At Gibbs 626 says, OVA, OVA. <laughs> Spoken like a true New Yorker. Yeah, it's hard to argue. At Kalu Borden 12 says, the season has been over for weeks now. Hard to argue. <laughs> Very hard to argue. A lot of people argued that the season was like definitively over after the Baltimore series in Baltimore. It's, it's hard to argue. Things felt really bleak, especially when the Yankees really could have and should have won that series. If not for the dead offensive performance to start the series, and then also Luis Severino not even giving them a snowball's chance in hell to win the game in the final game when he allowed six runs in the first inning without even recording an out. <laughs> so... At Mike B underscore 923 says about 95% 
Even if the offense somehow rebounds, the starting pitching got much weaker. Hard to trust anyone not named Garrett Cole. It's another good point. We've been talking about the starting rotation all show. With Rodon going on, not that Rodon was doing anything crazy, but Cortez going now and Herman being gone, it's not good. Like I said, just about the only one, and he, he, a lot of people would argue that he even has trouble giving length, like too much length, as opposed to someone like Garrett Cole, who feels like he routinely goes at least six, seven innings, like 90% of the time. The only other one you can remotely trust outside of Garrett Cole right now is Clark Schmidt, and after that... Who do you got outside of maybe some opening days and guys who could eat bulk innings after that? It's really tough. At the Hitter Sports says, yes, it's over. I expected a lot of comments like this. At Critch Sports says, the season was over before it began. In other words, it was over when they chose to extend Cashman and Boone last winter. Told me plenty of things, led by the fact that they don't care about winning anymore. While I certainly didn't agree with either of those things, you're definitely right about that. I will not argue any of those points. So, you're not going to hear any blowback from me on that. The only thing I will argue with that reply is saying that any sort of season is over before it even begins. I think that's not a great mentality to have. Because anything can happen in any season before it even has a chance to start. So I believe that's a kind of a foolish mindset with all due respect. But everything else with the criticizing of them bringing back Cashman and Boone, not going to get any blowback from me on that, especially on the Cashman front. Next, we've got at Tom Byron 4 says pretty much yes. <laughs> yep. At Mountain Gal 456 says if they could only go on a run, I'm still going to hope for that. I'll be rooting for them like I always do till the end. Yeah, listen, I will too. Will I be hoping very much until then? <laughs> That's another story. But I'll always root for them. Like a few replies ago, I believe it was Rebecca that said it. They're my team. And yes, they are. Do they aggravate me? Do they embarrass me? Do they frustrate me? Absolutely. Especially in 2023. But they're still my team. And I'll still watch, root for them. But I'll also be very frustrated. <laughs> no doubt. At Brian Stever, Stever says, Nope, losing Rodon and Cortez is a blow. But they still have 19 games versus sub-500 teams and 20 games versus the teams right in front of them that they need to pass. Playoffs are very obtainable. It's right in front of them, but... <laughs> oh, God, it's right. another right. It's right in front of them. Oh, God. Please spare me the boonisms. Please, God. I'm in Italy. I don't need this crap. <laughs> but, yeah, listen. Nestor going down again is just... That sucks because it doesn't make any sense after how much they were talking him up and how great he said he felt and how good he looked again. So that really sucks. Rodon, you're not losing much pitching ability there as far as what he was doing in the half a dozen games he was on the mound. But you can't really, and again, I respect the optimism and I respect the reasoning, but you can't really cite the fact that they have 19 games remaining against sub-500 teams as a reason as to why you're still confident. Because I just got done saying before and reminding all of you, in case you needed reminding, you probably don't, but in case you did, about how many games and series overall they have lost to well under 500 teams that they should not have lost at all, yet they have still found all kinds of different ways to lose. So you can't really use that as confident reasoning for why their season isn't over. So I have trouble 
really caring for that logic. I don't really care for it. I don't believe in it. I don't think it means anything. As far as the head-to-head matchups, yeah, you're definitely right about that. Head-to-head matchups are, of course, the best way to gain ground. But they have to win those games. (laughs) That's the key now, isn't it? (laughs) And they have not done that. So are they obtainable? Mathematically, yes. But everything other than mathematically, (laughs) well, I don't need to finish the sentence for you. At your killing me smalls. <laughs> Guess we got a Sandlot fan here. Says, been over for months. The front office is either dumb enough or arrogant enough to view this team as presently constructed as anything but a mediocre crap show. Use another word, but I will not say it on the show. Until they're being realistic, nothing will change. It's tough to disagree with, especially when they keep on making front office decisions like they do, i.e. bringing Cashman back. And especially as presently constructed, yep. How many times have I gone over the poor roster construction? I didn't think it would be as bad as them not making the freaking playoffs, but hey, I guess this exposes some crap, huh? Just a thought. At P Bishop 1023 says, not totally over, but heavily teetering. Gets swept by the Braves, and it probably will be. Yeah, it's tough to disagree with that. At Vinny Izzo says, it's been over, never really started. Last 200 games, they're under 500. This is a flawed roster with an inept GM who hires inept people like Boone and Analytics to manage players that they do not fit or thrive under this leadership. Well, the analytics, I've been over that before. I don't think it's analytics in general that dooms the Yankees because many championship teams of the last few years are heavy analytically. I think that it's the way that the Yankees use their analytics and how they utilize them on the field and the logic that they utilize as a result of it that other organizations do not. I think that is the fault of the Yankees. I think their analytic team might need some overhauling. I definitely do not think they should get rid of analytics altogether, whether we like it or not. Numbers are and should be a part of baseball. Even the in-depth stats, the advanced stats, if you want to call them. So I definitely don't think those should go away, and I don't think that they are in general the problem. I think how the Yankees utilize them is the problem. And until they figure that out, they're going to continue doing nonsensical crap that would appear nonsensical to any human being with a half-decent intelligence quotient. But with them, they still do it anyway, and it turns out to be a disaster. This is a frequent occurrence with the Yankees, regardless of which example you want to use. And Aaron Boone, he's just, he's Aaron Boone. He's doing what he's told. We've been over this. We don't have to go over it again. Cashman's the issue. And yeah, another person to bring up the last 200 games. It's a crazy stat. It really is. At I Want a Burrow Owl says, season, no. Playoff odds might as well be. Well, if their playoff odds are over, then wouldn't their season be over? Unless you're just talking about the fact that their chance to make the playoffs isn't over, but then their odds in the playoffs might as well be over, then yeah, I could I could agree with that. I could respect that. At N1KE2 underscore Trey says, yes, but like most Yankee fans, still holding on. I respect it. Listen. People are going to root for them. That's how it goes. 
At H, Dubs H says, for the most part, it's over. They're probably going to push for a winning season to keep their streak of winning seasons. They left too many things up to chance, walking into a season with minimal changes, knowing the glaring holes. There's something broken with their operation. There's a lot of things broken with their operation, <laughs> all of which we have been over. At Justin M274002017 says, at this point, it's been over since the Rockies took two out of three and then got swept by the Angels. That's the moment the season ended. Yeah, I mentioned those two series before too. Two series that they should have won, yet lost one and got swept in the other. Meanwhile, at least one of those series they could have and should have swept, they should have been the ones doing the sweeping. <laughs> oh, gosh. At J. Parker 8742 says, 5.6% chance of making the playoffs. The players only show fear. Yes, it's over. Yeah, like I said. I said last week too, I believe, when we were talking about the looks on the players' faces and how they just seem on the field. The decorum, the aura, it's just so bleak. Really sucks. It really does. It's, it's hard. That's why it's hard to be confident. So many reasons. At Brooklyn Fletch IV says, the Yankees need to improve for their season to be meaningful, and I don't see why they'd begin improving. There's no indication. No indication. At Eric Cop 21 says, it's very, very close. As of right now, the Yankees are five behind Seattle in the loss column. They do not play Seattle again, and the Mariners have a favorable schedule coming soon. Five is really the threshold. It's almost over. It's fair. And again, a few replies ago mentioned head-to-head matchups. Seattle's not one of them, and that is one of the teams in front of them. It's, uh, it's a good point. It's a good point. All right, let's just do a few more because I've, I've done a ton. Up next, we got at Matt824. 85450. At some point, I'm not going to be reading the replies of these handles with all these numbers, guys. You got to get your crap together. Get an actual handle. <laughs> they say, still in it. We'll overtake Toronto for the last wild card spot. It's optimistic. We'll see. At Fan21Yank says, it was over in June when they still had a wild card spot. Smart people were able to realize this state was inevitable. Well, I don't know about when they still had a wild card spot, but. After they fell out of it and started to play the way they do, then yeah, I could certainly understand it. But as long as they're still in a wild card spot, nothing's over. I mean, even if you do feel like it, it's factually nothing's over as long as you're in possession of a spot. <laughs> right now, I don't blame people as much for saying this, even myself, because they are factually out of a spot and not too close to one. Four games isn't unbelievably far, but it's not like right on top of the, of the team in front of you either. So, let's see. At Nicholas Mustick one says, the season is absolutely over. And quite frankly, it's been over since they went 1-5 after the All-Star break. Bring up the young kids and rest the slew of injured Yanks. Well, whenever they're out of it, might as well do that. But they're not going to do that unless they're mathematically out. And even at that point, they might not do it. <laughs> Honestly, knowing this organization and the way they do things and the way they just crap all over prospects, careers, and chances to ever be something... At Michael Eddie 6 says, I thought the season's over since the All-Star break. <laughs> a lot of people do. At Mad Brad 61 says, yes, they've shown no signs of reversing course. That's yeah, tough to uh, disagree. It's really tough to disagree. 
All right, couple more. Let's do at PMarge66, and they say, hell no. Wow, okay, confidence. <laughs> okay, we'll see. Be interesting to see who is right and wrong, ultimately. Next, we've got at Amy Dennison 16 saying, yep, it's over. Yeah, just, this is most of the replies that I'm just glancing past as I keep on reading here. At Sneaker to Speaker says, if you define the season as being in and even winning the World Series, that season was over back in April. If you define the season as being the last wild card in the playoffs, then the season is far from over. Only four games back with 45 games left, 13 against the Blue Jays and Red Sox. Wait, those are the head-to-head matchups we mentioned before. They got to win them, though. They have to. Mathematically, it may be far from over with that many to play. But like we spoke about, clock is ticking, and the games are running out. Because after today, they'll have played 118 games, which leaves 44 left. And there is plenty of time to game four games in reality. But with this Yankee team, you have to consider otherwise. That's the thing. All right, let's just do two more, the usual final two, before we wrap up, because we're about an hour and 20 in here, give or take. And I'm going to pack it in for the day and go have myself some dinner and probably loosely keep track of the game and see what happens. I'm hoping for a win tonight, man. Get a nice series win in Miami on the road after losing a horrible series against the White Sox. Garrett Cole's on the mound tonight. See what happens. But let's do the usual final two. First up, my girlfriend at Vic Salimo, and she says, I think they'll somehow make the playoffs but fall short very fast. World Series is completely out of the question. I can respect that. I can respect people thinking they'll make the playoffs, especially because they're mathematically not far out of it, not too far. But if you're saying about what's going to happen in the playoffs as far as what will happen when they make it and they'll fall out very fast when you have my complete agreement on that one, as I've said many times. So, yeah, World Series being out of the question, if they even sniffed the World Series, color me probably the most shocked that I will have been in my 16 years watching the New York Yankees and baseball overall. <laughs> All right, last but certainly not least is my mom, Julia Gina Scudero, and she says, Hi, Mike, I never like to say never because you never know. Plus, I want my favorite team to be in the World Series. But I feel that if they made the playoffs, they'd be eliminated very quickly because Cashman is allowed to make one bad decision after another on building a good baseball team. Why? I wish I knew. Let's hope for the best for our team. I love the Yankees. That's what I think. No definitive answer right now. Thanks for doing the show from Italy. You're the bomb. <laughs> Thank you, Mom. I love you. And I have received similar messages from a lot of other people being thankful and thinking it's awesome that I'm doing a show from Italy. I'm glad to. I'm having fun doing this. It's interesting doing it from another country and having my remote set up with my laptop as opposed to my home computer and taking my handheld mic and having this really unique but simple remote setup here to do the show. It's a lot of fun. I love doing it. And it's awesome to be able to do it for a second time after having done it in 2021. At least I was more sure of it this time because I wasn't 100% sure if I was going to be able to do it two years ago when I did it for my first time. But after that being successful, I was pretty confident this time. I was like, yeah, I'll be able to do it again. It should be fine. And here we are. So that's that. It's awesome to be able to do it, though. I'm very, very happy. But yeah, of course, listen, 
It's very respectable. There were some people in the replies saying that as long as they're mathematically in it, they're going to maintain hope. And I'm maintaining some hope myself as well. It's just that more of me believes that they're probably going to miss the playoffs rather than thinking that they're going to make it. The hope is still there because some of us are admittedly a little delusional or maybe some of us are a bit of masochists. But (laughs) uh, regardless, you know, you don't want to believe that it's over until it actually is mathematically and factually over. But yeah, with Cashman... My mom's been on this for a long time, been on it for probably even longer than me, to be honest, because I like to give people the benefit of the doubt, especially if they're in a position for a long time and I feel like they could know what they're doing. But obviously for years now, for at least a couple of years, even I've been on the get rid of Casman train. So you're not going to hear any blowback from me on this opinion as well. But yeah, mom, I mean, fair comments to make. Fair comments. There's really no definitive answer while it's still going on, and after today, there are 44 left to play. But we'll see. In any event, though, guys, that just about puts an end to episode 192 of Yapping Yankees today. Another international edition here from the motherland, Italia. At least the motherland for me, because I'm Italian. I'm sure not everybody out there listening is Italian. But it's time for me to go have some dinner. Because it's getting pretty late here now. I've been talking for nearly an hour and a half. Uh, penso che io mangio un panino per cena stasera. Che pensate? <laughs> for those who don't speak Italian, I just said I think I'll eat a sandwich for dinner tonight. What do you guys think? That's exactly what I said. The paninis over here, or panino, panino is singular, paninis plural, they are sick. That, along with the pizza, of course, and everything else here that's sick. Just about any food you could stuff your face with here is beyond belief. But, nonetheless, probably the food that I've had the least is a panino, so I think I'll go have that. I'm really into that. Get maybe some prosciutto with mozzarella and... Hmm. Maybe some capricolo or a gabagool. <laughs> and, uh, or, I don't know, we'll see. See what I choose to put in the sandwich. All I know is that I'm hungry, though. Especially at the remote thought of food here, as I'm sure you can imagine. But I'm going to have some dinner. And before I do, I just want to remind you to follow me on all social medias. Again, like I said earlier in the show, my Facebook fan page is Mike Scudero NY. My Twitter is at Mike Scudero. And my Instagram is Mike Scuds97. Be sure to subscribe to Yapping Yankees on all four of the platforms it's available on. Obviously, that's YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Show your love on all four like you all do such a great job at doing always and keep on replying and interacting with the social media segments, guys. You do such a great job with that every week, and I cannot tell you how much I appreciate it. And if you've missed any Yapping Yankees episodes from the past, episodes 34 all the way up to episode 192 today are available on YouTube, and every Yapping Yankees episode ever to exist, going back to episode one, nearly four and a half years ago, episodes one through 192 can be found on Apple, Spotify, and SoundCloud. But once again, I thank you 3,000 for listening to me yap today, as always, my good friends. And on this lovely Sunday afternoon here in Italy, I have been your host, Mike Scudero, and I will talk to you in two Sundays. Again, one more reminder, no show next Sunday, the 20th. I'll be back at you with another episode, episode 193 of Yapping Yankees in two Sundays from today.
August 27th. I will be home by then. I'm coming home on August 21st. And then by the time we talk on the 27th, I'll obviously have been home from Italy for a few days by then. So on August 27th, I'll come at you with episode 193 of Yapping Yankees as we inch ever so closer to the bicentennial episode. You ever have imagined that? Episode 200. But until then, guys... You know the deal, especially when it comes to the Yankees with these first two. Hang in there and be patient. (laughs) But also, look out for your loved ones and stay safe. Go ahead and kick life's ass this week, whether it's just a regular week or if you're on an extravagant trip like myself here in Italy or elsewhere, kick life's ass. Doesn't matter when, where, just kick it. Do your best. And also for next week, since I'm not talking to you for two weeks. But also, of course, let's hope in the meantime that not only do I continue to have an epic trip here, But our Yankees do us as well as they possibly could and uh, get some victories because they got some tough games coming up still. Right after this Marlins series, I don't think I mentioned what was ahead prior, but they have a three-game set against the Braves in Atlanta for the next three days. Tomorrow's game will be at 7.20 p.m. Eastern. Same for Tuesday. And Wednesday the 16th, the same as well. They have off on Thursday. And then Friday, for a three-game weekend set at Yankee Stadium, they come home to face the Red Sox. And the first game then is at 7.05 p.m. Eastern. And then 1.05 and 1.35 for Saturday and Sunday, the 19th and the 20th. And then after that, they have three games Tuesday through Thursday the following week against the Nationals. And then three games in Tampa against the Rays, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, August 25th, 26th, and 27th, and obviously the 27th is when we will talk next. So in that span of time, they face a mix of good and bad teams. Braves, Red Sox, good, bad, but the Red Sox are still better than the Yankees as of this very moment. And then the Nationals, bad, but then they face the Rays, good. So mix of good and bad. Can't really ever tell what this team's going to do, so it doesn't really matter either way, if you ask me. But regardless, let's just hope for some wins. Let's hope for a win today. By the time you're listening to this episode, the game will probably have ended because I'll be uploading it later in the day, but still much earlier than usual because of the time difference, as I said. But otherwise, again, my friends, I'm off to go enjoy the rest of my trip here. I will talk to you in two weeks on the 27th. And from Italy, I bid you farewell, take care, And as always, regardless of how crazy they drive us, let's go Yanks.